there, and welcome back to the Music Therapy Podcast. My name is Alyssa, and it's been a while since I've gotten to share anything with you guys. Um, so I'm really excited for today's episode. I have Miss Kristen with us, and we are going to be continuing our conversation about international music therapy. If you tuned in to episode 13, and by the way, if you haven't heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and have a listen. We talked about a couple countries that our podcast has been reaching across the world, which is so crazy and so exciting to me. So today, Kristen and I have chosen two more countries that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be sharing music therapy in Israel, and Kristen's going to be sharing about music therapy in Ireland. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so I am really excited to share with you guys what I learned about music therapy in Israel. This is um, a country that I am not super familiar with in general, so I really enjoyed digging into um, music and music therapy and culture. Very excited. So let's begin. Music therapy is primarily promoted by the Israeli Creative and Expressive Arts Therapies Association. Um, abbreviated, it's called ICET. And it's kind of an umbrella organization because besides music therapy, they endorse the following professions. Visual and plastic art therapy, movement and dance therapy, drama therapy, psychodrama, and bibliotherapy. Now, I had to look up bibliotherapy because I wasn't familiar with that. And just as an aside, it's exactly what the word means. It's the use of reading and written texts, um, whether that's stories or poetry for therapeutic purposes, which is really cool. So this association was founded in 1971 and is a nonprofit supported um, only by membership dues. So according to ICET's website, which seemed to be last updated around 2016, they stated that the music therapists in Israel have been trying to gain recognition from the Israeli government for 15 years. So currently, they are not recognized or protected legally um, by the government, but it is something that they've been working towards for a very long time. Um, they're also represented by the EMTC, which is the European Music Therapy Confederation. They had returned to the Confederation after a five-year break um, due to not having a delegate to represent Israel, but they are currently represented. And um, in 2015, the EMTC included music therapists from 28 European countries, which um, included 43 music therapy member associations representing over 5,600 European music therapists, which I thought was super cool. And they have their own conferences in Europe. Um, very neat. I would love to attend. <laughs> um, so in Israel, their credential is RMT or registered music therapist. And as of 2016, they had 200 RMTs on their ICET roster, which if you remember, that's the Israeli Creative and Expressive Arts Therapies kind of umbrella organization. Like I mentioned, though, they do lack legal basis for licensure um, since the regulation of health professionals law does not currently include creative arts therapies. Um, so all of the degree programs um, in Israel are master's level, and I found five accredited programs of study available, um, and they do um, some of 
pursued a doctorate degree. In 2003, the Ministry of Health, which is like the national health governing body that RMTs are registered to, acknowledged the degree programs and to kind of help regulate them, they require 1,200 hours of practical training with prerequisites in psychology and the specific art form to be used as the modality. So this includes music therapy as well, of, as, well as all of the other creative arts therapies. They also emphasized offering master's level courses to be officially recognized by the Ministry of Health as um, kind of official training sites. So that's why all of the degree programs are master's level. However, in June of 2004, legal action prohibited the Ministry of Health from legally granting a standardized certification to professionals. Um, so they had the background is the Ministry of Health had kind of been recognizing certification as RMTs, but then the government kind of stepped in and said, hey, you can't really do that um, because they're not like officially recognized by the government. So they kind of had to withdraw granting certification. So all of the music therapists that had been officially certified, that was kind of voided. Um, so kind of any professionals that have the educational background are allowed to work as creative arts practitioners without formal certification. Um, however, on the education side, the Council for Higher Education um, of Israel has created uniform guidelines to govern academic programs, which includes clinical supervision, supervision guidelines, um, which does ensure some level of standardized training at each of the master's level programs for all creative therapies. Um, they also have an ethical code that all practitioners are to abide by. So the training is set up very similarly to other countries' standards. Um, the only thing that they're lacking is the legal recognition and the credentialing by the government. Um, it is noted on the um, European Music Therapy Confederation's website that a huge contributor to the struggle for this recognition has to do with all of the political unrest in Israel. With each new government official and administration that comes in, the process kind of has to start all over and new connections and new ties have to be made every time. Um, so there have been a lot of efforts to rally support through the media and with the general public and even with legal action, but it continues to be an ongoing process. So I was curious to see kind of what music therapy looked like in Israel. And so um, one of my stops was YouTube. And on YouTube, I found a really interesting video of a music therapy practitioner who was using traditional Israeli music in a NICU setting. We're going to link this video in the show notes, but I'll set it up for you a little bit. So in this NICU, the nursery was um, kind of in a circle. So all of the isolates were around the, the wall in a circle. And in the middle was a woman playing a harp in the middle of the nursery. And then there was another woman um, who had a drum who was singing and humming with the harp. And she was very improvisational and they were using the environmental sounds and cues to guide the music um, which was really really neat and I didn't see how she was playing the drum but um, it was really beautiful the music that they were making and the woman um, that was providing the music therapy the woman with the drum um, at one point was even teaching a new mother how to sing 
and hum to calm her baby and how to use the beeping and the ambient sounds in the hospital as part of the music. Um, so I, I didn't recognize any of the approaches that we commonly use here in the U.S. in the NICU setting. However, they were emphasizing the importance of mothers using their voices to make music and then tracking the physiologic effects of that on the infant, which is really, really cool. And obviously working with parents is something that you know, we, we always do as a standard in um, Nikki music therapy. So I thought that was really beautiful. And there was even a doctor um, commenting and speaking to some people about the importance of incorporating music in the treatment of neonates in the ICU. So it was very interesting and it seemed to be very widely accepted. Um, he even referenced some research being done in America. So while it looked a little bit different than what we might be used to, I thought it was really neat how they're using their traditional music and empowering mothers to use the music of life in the care of their babies. I think that's so important. Um, another really neat thing that I found was at the Bar Ilan University in Jerusalem, they have a research center and I found that they're doing some really cool research. So I'm just going to read this statement from their website to you. They're conducting, um, quote, projects involving the research of music during the Holocaust, music therapy for Holocaust survivors, their children, and grandchildren. Um, the project's name is Tav Pius, or A Note of Conciliation, Music as a Connection and a Bridge creating a dialogue and a common language between the religious and the secular, between Jews and Arabs, and between different generations. End quote. So that struck me as way cool, and I would love to see the work that's coming out of there. So um, we can link you to their website as well, and I will be following up on that for sure. At that, um, at the Bar Ilan University, they also run the Lord Taylor Music Therapy Clinic, where they treat children and adults with music and voice therapy, um, specifically voice therapy, um, which is really cool. And so they're they're doing a lot of great work there as well. Um, so that being said, music therapists in Israel treat all the same populations and can be found in all the facilities that are common in the U.S. Um, and according to a 2017 study of the 107 music therapists in Israel who completed the survey, the majority of music therapists preferred working with children, those with emotional disabilities, and the primary frameworks for their approaches were noted as being most commonly humanistic, psychodynamic, and intersubjective. So, all in all, music therapists in Israel are doing amazing work, and I hope very much that they receive the legal and government recognition that they deserve to continue to do what they do and expand even further. Their traditional music. I mean, that's something that uh, we know is so important for preferred music, and to be able to use that in the NICU especially, I'm like really looking forward to watching that YouTube video and um, and the research, I mean, it's just, it's really amazing. And music being, um, you know, something that we all, most of us can connect with. And it's just Absolutely. so much that we can learn from what other countries are doing and that we can bring in. And as music, you know, mm -hmm. here in the U.S., we're a, a melting pot. I mean, we have lots of different populations that we work with. And so it's important for us to, to be aware of that and, and knowledgeable. 
When we come back, Kristen is going to share with us about music therapy in Ireland. So you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am Kristen, and I get to be here again today with you. Um, excited to talk with you about music therapy in Ireland. I am a huge fan of Irish music, um, have always been, and uh, so that was just really fun to dig into what music therapy looks like in Ireland. Um, music, of course, both instrumental and vocal, has been very important and played an important role in connecting, unifying, and empowering the people of Ireland for years. Uh, music therapy specifically has been implemented in Ireland since the 1980s. The very first practicing music therapist in Ireland was Catherine O'Leary, who received her qualification from the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London in 1978. Um, so in 1992, uh, actually a group of creative arts therapists, so this is very similar to what um, Alyssa spoke about, that umbrella organization. Um, theirs is called the Irish Association of Creative Arts Therapists, and their uh, acronym is IACAT. Their aim is um, and has been to develop the creative arts therapy profession in Ireland, and that includes music therapy, art, drama, dance movement therapists as well. Their vision is to be the voice and presence of creative arts therapies in Ireland and to support the growth of it. Their mission, and they have a lot of them, um, I'm going to just kind of fire away on them, uh, are to monitor professional standards and training institutes, provide best practices through their code of professional conduct and ethics, support creative arts therapies by networking, collaborating, and promoting their practice modalities, establish um, regulation for the creative arts therapists alongside their allied health professions, and advocate for fair pay and conditions, as well as organizing conferences and events, and uh, which we'll talk about just a little bit more here in a bit, um, is a peer-reviewed um, journal that they have called Polyphony. It's an online platform and I've been just digging into it and I'm so excited that I found out about it. Um, they have some really great research in there. So along with music therapy, although music therapy has been practiced in Ireland for the past 40 years, it has not also received recognition um, at the um, at the the level of the government. Um, so very similar to Israel um, and many of us here in the United States, although we do have our national, um, so, you know, credential, but, you know, I know we're here in Missouri and that's something we've been fighting for 10 or more years um, for recognition. So according to a recent article, it appears that the IACAT, that Umbrella Organization for Creative Arts Therapists, is actively campaigning for this and the inclusion of creative arts therapies in the Health and Social Care Professionals Act of 2005. So this article was published by Sarah Keating that um, I'm uh, mentioning, and it'll there'll be a link in the show notes. According to this article, the other sources and other sources that I found, the only music therapy training program in the country um, is at the University of Limerick in Limerick, Ireland. Um, I actually have a link for a really beautiful um, video that they have done 
um, about their program um, that is a master's program, just like Israel. Um, it is the only one. It was opened in 1998. Um, it is a two-year program. It's a full-time master's degree. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, after you complete that degree, um, you can then uh, become a credentialed and um, professional member of the IACAT, which is their accrediting body. They require continuing education to maintain your credential as a qualified music therapist. Uh, currently, there are 70 active music therapists working and registered in Ireland. Um, and according to the latest survey, which was actually done at the end of 2019, 31% of the IACA team members were music therapists. So the most were um, art therapists and music therapists were the second. Um, it was also very interesting to note that music therapists on average tend to work more days per week than any of the other groups. Um, music therapist um, or music therapy was also the profession with the highest proportion um, of its practitioners, 30% of its practitioners earning um, over 30,000 a year. So that's the euro. Um, but I thought that that was really very interesting. Um, and I thought it was awesome that of all the creative arts therapists that um, that music therapy was really sitting at the top. Um, and I think that that probably has to say a lot with how this association is advocating for its um, professionals and practitioners. So I think that's really a really neat fact. So most of the creative arts therapists in Ireland work with children and adults with um, additional needs, including mental health, early intervention, and elder care. Um, in fact, after multiple searches of you know, different private practices and different programs in Ireland, the range that they work with, um, even within just one practitioner, is very um, very wide. So I think that was um, very similar to here in the U.S. Um, according to an article published in 2019, there is a slightly higher number of music therapists classing them, classifying themselves as self-employed. So lots of really interesting things going on in Ireland. So the education, and again, that only program is at the University of Limerick. Um, it is the Irish World Academy of Music and Dance. And they, it is a two-year program, and they require you to work with three different placements, so 53 days um, for a total of 424 hours of direct clinical placement. Um, this master's course is a total of 120 credits and includes three modules per semester. Um, they also receive experience with a variety of populations um, in all those daycare centers, rehab facilities, um, hospitals, hospice, schools, um, and they get experience in all of those different clinical placements. So music therapy during this time of pandemic looks very similar um, than it does here in the United States. So um, after searching for um, a number of private practices and looking at some of the research, um, many are, are offering remote therapy for both individuals and groups in some really creative ways um, as we're also seeing here. Um, in the latest survey, 50% of those surveyed have mentioned and acknowledged that they, about 75 to 100% of their income has been impacted, which is significant. So according to this recent article um, in uh, Polyphony, which is their, um, their peer-reviewed journal, this article was written by Rowena Keveni, 
according to um, this longstanding belief that creative arts therapists that use a digital technology renders the experience as being fast food or inauthentic compared to the traditional face-to-face therapies. Something that as music therapists across the world, we're probably finding that um, just the effectiveness is it's not better or worse. It's just a different. And so they're experiencing this as, a, as well. So she did report um, a lot of things in this article and it was, it was very well written. Um, but towards the end, she in quotes um, mentions, it is clear that creative arts therapies in Ireland have been given a once in a generation opportunity to consider the road down which they want to travel, end quote. I just thought that that was so beautiful um, because it's very similar to um, what our whole world is going through, that even though music therapy looks different across the world, um, right now we are all struggling with the same things, and um, they are finding some really amazing ways around that in Ireland and want to continue to support them and encourage them um, in their efforts. And again, please reach out. Um, and look at our show notes for that. That's very cool. I I also admire the longstanding and rich history of music and dance in Ireland. And so I I think it's really beautiful how they've incorporated that into music therapy and the creative arts therapies. And it sounds like they're, you know, they're thriving and they're adapting just like we all are and it's such an encouragement, too, to think about, you know, for all of the differences and the distance between us and other practitioners across the world, we're all musicians and we're all learning to adapt and improvise to, you know, the the challenges of um, this global pandemic and, you know, growth in technology. So I think that that quote um is really beautiful and we're all getting new opportunities to consider the roads down which we want to travel. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that, you know, creative arts therapists, music therapists included are very, um, we we think out of the box. We're taught to do that. You know, that's, that's part of our training. And so I think, you know, this, even though there is some rich, um, music and acoustics and just that live um, face-to-face interaction. But, um, you know, we're, we're uniquely trained to think outside of the box. And, and I think we're seeing that across the world. Yeah, that's really awesome. Thank you all for listening today. I had such a good time talking with you along with Alyssa all about Israel and Ireland and the wonderful things that they're doing for music therapy. For all the show notes, links, and resources, please visit us at www.themusictherapypodcast.com and visit us at www.givingsong.org. Please reach out with any questions or podcast ideas at givingsong at gmail.com. And please encourage your family and friends to listen. And if you would, please send a review in um, and send us your feedback. Um, It always helps so much as we continue to offer and share more resources um, and discussions in the future.